to the Games for Girls podcast. I am so excited because today we have a dear friend of mine, as well as a former uh, collegiate swimmer at University of Pennsylvania. And if you can recall, this is where Leah Thomas, Will Thomas, swam as well. Paula Scanlon, I am so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me, Riley. We could probably, actually, I know we could because we have between the two of us. I mean, hours and hours of conversation that I don't think the general public understands. In regards to the competition and the locker room and the silencing, especially Paula being on a team with Leah, Will, Thomas, um, and, and dealing with that for for years, really, uh, there's a lot of stories to be to be told. But we're going to dive into what happened this week. In Texas, Denton, Texas, we were at the Texas Women's Hall of Fame, which is such a fitting place for Governor Abbott's ceremonial signing of the Save Women's Sports Act. Um, Paula, tell us a little bit about what was going on, why this is important, and really why you were there standing, actually sitting right beside Governor Abbott as he signed this bill. Yeah, so you were there too, sitting on the other side of him. Um, But we were there because he was ceremonially signing in this bill. It had already previously been passed. Um, and it ensured that public funded Texas universities at the collegiate level, you have to compete with the sex you were assigned at birth. There's no self ID. Um, so essentially, if the University of Pennsylvania had been a public school in Texas, the Leah Thomas situation would never have happened to my team. That was really exciting news. Obviously, all of my family lives in Texas on my mom's side. I have a few cousins that went to UT. Um, so knowing that when they have children, because they still live in Texas, their kids will be protected, their girls will be encouraged to be athletes is so comforting to know. Um, they had already previously passed it at the high school and middle school level, but knowing college students are also protected is great. And I'm so happy. And Governor Abbott has done wonderful things. And we had a really, really wonderful day there yesterday before all the crazy stuff happened, which we'll get into, <laughs> but it was a great day. There were several athletes there. There were even some Texas collegiate athletes who were there in support. Um, and, and something that stuck out to me is there were three young girls who were there. I think one was in third grade. I'm not sure the grade, but certainly elementary school. And these parents who, who had brought their daughters there, they were saying that they had already experienced this. In third grade, they had competed against boys who were cosplaying, pretending to be women, which blew my mind because people think, you know, it's Texas. It doesn't happen here. This is a non-issue. Why are we creating a solution to a problem that doesn't exist? But those girls and their parents, they're the proof that it does happen in Texas. It does happen in places where you don't expect it to be happening. Uh, so that's something that that really stuck out to me. There was a lot of questions being asked, you know, after the signing. Uh, I think they were essentially the same question, just phrased different ways each time. Uh, and that was one of the questions, you know, why are you doing this in Texas? Can you even list an example? And, and what I think is really interesting is that Will Thomas is from Texas. Uh, so there is a Texas tie-in, uh, which I think makes this especially special and important for both you and, and I to be there. But you mentioned the protesters. Let's get into it. Talk about what that looked like. I mean, before even arriving, um, I had I had been alerted that protests were going to be had. It, it was already spreading through social media. But talk about what that looked like. Go through some of the crazy things they were yelling, 
um, exclaiming from the top of their lungs to which we could hear while we were doing the signing. Talk us through that. Yeah. So when you told me in the car on the way there that there was going to be protesters, I thought it was going to be 15 people. Um, so I mentioned this before we started filming is my uncle who lives in Dallas was there to pick me up from the event. And so he got kind of locked outside of the event. Best way to explain it. And he had to hang out with these protesters for an hour. Um, and he told me something that surprised him was how actually how well organized they were. He said, the one thing I can do is I can give them credit. He said they all had sheets on what to chant, that the the leader of the chant group would um, tell everyone to stop and take water breaks because it was 104 degrees out. Um, so he was very surprised how organized they were. Obviously, we didn't really see that part of it, um, but that is something interesting that we didn't really discuss on Twitter or anything yesterday. But when we showed up, there was a whole group of people. We knew immediately who they were. You could see the trans flags waving, rainbow umbrellas, things like that. Um, and so we had to go. Dedication in 105 degree weather to be wearing a face covering, a mask. That's kind of impressive. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But we were able to go around back and they figured out like they didn't figure out where we were when we entered through the, the backside. But then when the event was over, they had migrated over to that area and they kind of blocked off the exits. People who had tried to leave uh, were, you know, kind of walking through a wind tunnel for a better explanation of, of these people just screaming. And my uncle, the thing that really stood out to him is that when they attacked those three young girls who were in that venue, they were cursed at. And he said that was, he thought that was so inappropriate. He says, you know, it's one thing to chant and to, to you know, say whatever you want about, about the situation, but to yell curse words and stick their middle fingers up at young children, which is what my uncle, my uncle told me, there was a lot of people pointing their middle fingers at these kids, which was just so ridiculous. Um, but eventually we were able to get out of there, obviously, and everything was fine. Um, but there was an IW person who got spit on in the eye she said someone hit her. They poured water bottles on representatives. I mean, to be, as I mentioned, as young as third grade, you're like eight years old in third grade, eight, nine years old. To be that young, I mean, that's traumatizing. And people wonder, you know, why why more women aren't speaking out. Conservatives always say, you know, why why aren't more people taking a stand? That is why. It's because that's what we're up against. Um, and again, even in the state of Texas, that's what we're up against. Imagine California. I saw that when I went to San Francisco, and it's terrifying. I mean, you really, it, it makes you fear for your life, uh, which sounds like you're over-exaggerating. Uh, but no, those protesters yesterday, they were telling, I mean, they were yelling, you know, we know where you live. Uh, you need to watch yourself. All, I mean, they're threatening, threatening remarks. And so that's why people are quiet. And I can't imagine those poor girls um, getting home. I mean, getting in their car, that's got to be just a terrifying realization for what they just walked through. I mean, I couldn't imagine being eight years old going through that. I mean, I was scared and I'm 23. I kind of got in the car and I was like, fight or flight mode. My uncle and my aunt were like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. But I'm, you know, I'm 23. I expect these things. I don't think, and I'm sure those, those, the, the parents of those girls are probably feeling a little bit of guilt for even bringing their kids there. Of course they should have been there. They're so important to be there. And there shouldn't even be one ounce of guilt there. But I can't imagine even as a parent feeling 
wow, should I be subjecting my kid to this? Is this the right thing? It definitely not acceptable that they kind of did a lot of that stuff. Just watch this video of, and these are legislators. These are the co-sponsors and the sponsors of this bill. It was actually Representative Valerie Swanson who introduced this bill in Texas on the House side who took this video. I, I mean, just listen um, and watch what these protesters are doing, specifically the guy who dumps his entire bottle of water on these three legislators. Speaking of Texas, one thing I loved about your congressional testimony a few weeks ago was Representative West Hunt, who's from Texas. Um, he had the most amazing, I, I don't even know the word for it because again, it's common sense, but he stood so firm. I, it's, I watched that video like a hundred times of his response back to this. Watch some of this as well. That my four-year-old and my two-year-old daughters will not change in front of biological men. This is ridiculous. I don't care what party you are a part of. If you think that we're all equal and the same biologically, you've literally lost your mind. And when my two daughters work hard in the sport, work hard in their craft to be the best that they can be amongst other women, they will compete against other women. I owe Victoria and Olivia and every other young lady in this country that. If you think I'm wrong, I am not the problem. I can assure you. We have an opportunity in this country to get this right in 2024 so we could stop all of this foolishness. Paula, what was your reaction to, to hearing this, being there when he said that? I mean, that's the leadership that every man especially needs to display. I thought he was awesome. Definitely the room was full of a lot of people who were definitely not for me. Um, and him being there, he's also really funny. He was kind of like comedic relief a little bit. But I was like, this is why you come to Congress. This is why you come testify in Washington. He almost made my trip and my experience and everything that happened leading up to it just worth it. Um, there were a lot of people who were very unhappy with me after I testified. I was getting a lot of hate comments, but him doing that was just made it all worth it. And also knowing he has daughters, you know, I love that a father that can protect their daughters, you know? There's a lot of representatives on the other side that have daughters that are men, that are women, whatever, and they don't stand up for them. And that just breaks my heart, knowing that they have daughters and they won't stand up for them. Um, so knowing that he is a father of two girls also is so wonderful and he's such a great guy. Um, one more legislative piece that was pretty monumental over the past week or so was Governor Stitt in Oklahoma signing into effect the Women's Bill of Rights which actually we had a meeting with Governor Abbott about after the signing about this, this needing to move forward in Texas. We talk about the Women's Bill of Rights very simply what it is. Yeah, so the Women's Bill of Rights, uh, you were just there in Oklahoma. Um, it essentially just defines what a woman is. It just goes a little bit further than what uh, Abbott had already put into law with sports. So right now in the state of Texas, women's sports are protected but something else that needs to be considered is bathrooms, prisons, women's shelters, other spaces that um, women in those spaces de deserve the same dignity. So we were talking to Governor Abbott about putting that in and what that would look like in Texas. And obviously Texas is a really large state. 
So the government is always harder in larger states because there's more representatives to deal with, there's more people involved. But we had a great discussion with him about that. He's so supportive of the work that we've been doing with IW and other groups that have been working on this. And I thought that we had a wonderful conversation and I'm, I'm so hopeful that Texas will also take the Sports uh, and Protecting Women Act even a step further and protect all other women's spaces into law. I cannot believe we have to have a law that defines what a woman is. Um, in other sex-based terms, it defines woman, man, girl, boy, mother, father, male, female. I mean, these are these are terms you don't even learn in school. You learn it sooner than that. Um, I mean, they're common sense terms. Um, one more announcement that is super duper exciting um, that I know we've been working pretty hard on. We have officially launched the Riley Gaines Center at the Leadership Institute. And, and really what the point of this is, it's to fight the movement to erase women and destroy women's sports, uh, really womanhood as a whole. We've been stripped of our opportunities to fairly compete in sport. We've been denied scholarships, put in physical danger, um, and exposed to humiliation in locker rooms. And I think these injustice, injustices will only accelerate if we don't speak up. Um, and so what this Riley Gaines Center, what we plan on doing is empowering students and athletes and community leaders and parents and coaches and teachers and other allies to advocate for women and girls um, by providing support and training and mentoring and resources for those who want to defend women's identity and our opportunities and to keep us safe through the Riley Gaines Center. Another mission of the center will be to fund college campus speakers. Um, Paula, I am so excited to say that you will be one of those speakers uh, who will be going around to college campuses, sharing your story, sharing your experience. Um, I know Olivia Krolchek, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, she was the young woman, uh, college student from University of Cincinnati, who received a zero on her assignment for using the term biological woman in an essay. Um, she will be another speaker. So, so it's really just great news. Uh, can you talk about the value in putting people like yourself on college campuses in front of people our age to share what's what's really happening as it pertains to these cultural issues? Yeah, so you were just in college. I was just in college. We know that these universities have agendas that don't always align with what we both believe. And we need to kind of be a counter a counterculture to what these universities are teaching and what they're preaching. And it's very easy to be a young teenager or a late teenager and a young 20 year old and believe everything that you're being taught in the classroom. And you also, even if you hear something you don't agree with, you don't have the tools to properly fight it off because you don't know the language to use. You don't know how to present your arguments. Um, so, so one of the importance of bringing us also young individuals onto these campuses is giving these young college students the language, the tools that they need to voice their opinions, to feel comfortable with their voice, to push back against the agenda of some of these universities and these professors and these institutions. And it's so important to get young people started early, right? It shouldn't be up to 50 and 60 year old men and women to fix these issues. We need to start teaching the young generation how to do these things. So that's one of our goals. And I know there's a lot of other people involved in it. And I'm so excited for that. And um, we've done a lot of great things already leading up to it. So it's going to be a really great school year for these college students. So I'm so excited. Absolutely. Um, you already went through some of the, the media training and different things uh, at the Leadership Institute. 
Did you find it helpful? Did you find it resourceful and really help you learn how to be effective in what you say and how you say it? Yeah, I've done some LI trainings now. They've been great. I highly recommend them. I know they have some classes that are open to not just people who are speaking at high profile levels or in the Riley Gain Center themselves, but it was a really wonderful experience. I've definitely learned a lot of media tips and tricks. I definitely was not expecting to ever have to do things like this. I have an engineering degree, which does nothing for public speaking, uh, but here we are. So it was definitely a way to get uh, taught skills that I didn't learn in college and never would have learned in college. Those trained through the Riley Gain Center um, will leave feeling equipped with the skills and the knowledge to effectively speak up and lead in defending female identity on their campuses, um, school districts, and communities. Uh, we'll also be doing some school board training, which is super exciting stuff. Um, because again, I've even had to, and I know Paula, you have as well, we've had to involve ourselves in conversations, even with Republican lawmakers who are on our side and really teaching them, helping them understand the language that we need to use moving forward. Even using the term biological woman, uh, while that is true, and both you and myself are biological women, when we have to add that word biological, it's implying a, that there is another kind of woman. There is no other kind of woman. Uh, when we use the term biological woman, without even realizing it, we're compromising. Uh, we're giving up our language. And, and so just little pieces like that so we don't continue down this slippery slope. Um, we're building a team, and I invite everyone listening to this to, to join on to the team. Um, you can find it at www.rallygaincenter.org. You can sign up for training. Um, you can invite us to speak on your campuses, um, send your story, make a donation. Uh, we need all the help we can get in this important fight. Um, they're loud, but we, the silent majority, we must be louder. Um, and so the center is the resource that I wish I had when I faced the humiliation of what we went through. Um, and so it, it'll be like a home base. And so I'm super excited. And Paula, I'm so grateful that you're a part of it, as well as Olivia, um, some other people who, who I won't announce yet, but super duper exciting stuff. Um, I guess just kind of final thoughts. And, and everyone listening to this, you can expect another episode with Paula, because as I mentioned, we could talk for hours um, about the different pieces of, of really what we went through, Paula especially. Um, I was so grateful when she spoke up to have her voice to have her stories, to have her presence, and to have her as a friend. Um, but final thoughts, this these past few weeks, um, I don't think people realize the sacrifices that you've made. Uh, you've been outspoken, you're in what is a woman, you you quit your, your job that actually, you know, I mean, it paid you really well to do what you were doing with your engineering degree. And now you've kind of abandoned that to fight for this. And so talk about why, talk about I know this is a generic question that you, you've probably answered several times, but I, I think people need to hear the magnitude of what's at stake. And so what really thrusted you over that edge? And is it something that you regret? Yeah, so definitely don't regret it now. Um, you've talked a lot about your course of life changing. I know you would have been a great dentist. My mom is actually getting jaw surgery stuff right now, and I was just thinking about you this morning. So anyway, <laughs> It's a quick aside, but 
things change, experiences happen. And when I first spoke out about this, I wasn't sure if it would it would lead me to a different line of work. I just knew that I had to tell my story and I had to do it the most effective way that I knew possible. And that if I was going to take that step, I needed to do it the best way that I could. Um, and it would have been really easy for me to just speak out a few times and go back to my job and forget this ever happened or not ever speak about it at all. But it's so much bigger than that. It's so important for us to be on the ground at these events like we were in Texas yesterday, right? If I had a normal job, we couldn't have been in, in the middle of Texas at 2 p.m. On a, on a Monday. Um, it's important to be there. It's important to meet those three little girls that we met and see who we're fighting for. It's important to think about your family members that have uh, might have kids, yourself having your own kids. This is so much bigger than us. The two of us don't compete in the NCAA anymore. We don't compete in competitive sport anymore, but it's, a, it's about something so much bigger than who we are and what we've done. And yes, of course, we've made sacrifices in our personal lives and our journeys into what we thought we might have done with our lives. But it, this is just so much bigger and so much more important. And, you know, I really thank, thank the Lord, honestly, for putting me in a position that empowered me to feel comfortable speaking and empowered me to continue to want to speak about this. Um, and I also am grateful to the Lord for, for you being a part of this as well. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's all I can say. And we're just, you know, taking this day by day and seeing what comes. Um, and if there's a point in my life where I can stop and go back and re continue my engineering job track i was working as a product manager and go back to that or something similar maybe that's what will happen if that's what you know my life has in store for me but for now this is what we need to focus on two things um you mentioned how if, if you had a job you couldn't have been there yesterday but notice the protesters had no problem being there yesterday <laughs> to on monday I, actually i think it is their job they're probably paid to be there um, <laughs> Secondly, no, we don't compete anymore, but let, let's start our own league. Let's start like the retired old fatter and slower swimmer league. <laughs> we'll awesome. I think it's called master swimming, Riley. <laughs> well, let's just maybe I think we need to do a relay, though. I don't know if I can make it down and back in the pool anymore. <laughs> um, but Paula, you're amazing. Um, as I mentioned, you've just become a great friend and ally in this fight. And I am certain that we will only continue doing phenomenal work and being a megaphone for so many who stand alongside us and behind us. So thank you for everything. Everyone make sure to like, subscribe, uh, check out where you get any of your podcasts, outkick.com, Apple, Spotify, whatever that looks like. And be on the lookout in the future for another episode with Paula, where we're actually able to dive more into her story and really what that looked like for her. Mm -hmm.